Welcome to the Wandering Sun Podcast. I am your host, Eric Villatoro. If this is your first time tuning in, what we usually do here is have conversations with people who are actively being transformed by Jesus. I am super thankful that you've made the time to tune in, to listen. Um, I am excited for this episode specifically. Well, I'm excited for every episode just because every single episode that we have here is is filled with testimony, is filled with conversations about what Holy Spirit, what God is doing in the world um, and how Jesus is just transforming people's lives. And so I am super excited today on the podcast specifically. I have Ines Furume Mangala, who is an evangelist, minister of the gospel, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, a motivational speaker and president and founder of Ezekiel 37 Mission and House of Ines Foundation. She, she is a very busy woman, so I am super thankful that she is here with me today. Ines, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and you? I'm doing really well. I'm uh, I'm ecstatic um, because Jordan hyped you up. <laughs> um, I interviewed Jordan uh, two episodes, or a couple episodes ago for episode 20, and I was telling you off camera that after mm-hmm. I, I had the interview with him, um, and we were just talking about some more experiences that he had with the Holy Spirit. He just threw your name out there like, if you think, you know, my experiences are crazy. Yeah, you need to talk to Ines. And so I was like, okay, bet, let's set it up. And so we're here. So let's just get right into it. Obviously, we're here because of Jesus. We're here because of what the, what the Holy Spirit is doing on this earth as he's working through us. Um what is your origin story per se? How how did you come to Jesus? What was that experience for you? Because I know we were speaking before this. For me personally, it was being heartbroken. And you said we're all we all come heartbroken. But in detail, what happened in your life that made you say, "Okay, no, I have to follow this man"? Because um, my salvation story is probably the best preaching I have. Wow. Because that one is hands-on experience. It's not somebody else's story. It's not the Bible. It's me encountering Jesus. Yeah. It's really a story of redemption, a story of love, a story of restoration. And just to go back and to go into my story, I grew up in a Christian family, as many that will probably hear us um, and stuff. So I grew up in a Christian family. My mom was a minister. My dad was a minister at some point. Um, and from a young age... I really had this encounter where every time I'll go to bed, this person will come to me, okay? Hmm. He'll come to me and he'll start explaining things to me. There's this problem. This is what the solution will be. When you wake up, tell your mom to prepare for this because this is coming. Your dad is going through this, telling this is what, and every time you tell me those stuff. And then... I wake up, tell my parents, okay, I had a dream. And at that time, at that time, I didn't know those were visions. For me, those were dreams. Right. I'm like, oh, I just had a dream. And in my dream, this is what I heard. One of the craziest ones that I remember is I went to bed and this friend came to me. This person came to me. In the dream, I'll recognize the face and the features. But right now, even when I, if I, even if you ask me to explain, all I see is light. I can't really tell you what color, what color of the skin he was or what head, what, what was the shape of his head and stuff. All I just remember is light. Hmm. So I woke up, I woke up and I went to my mom. I'm like, so tomorrow, because 
back in Africa, we have like, it's called cabin. It's like this little house where the host, uh, where, where the electricity is hosted. So we get electricity from that. It's like a small cubic house and stuff. Okay. So I told my mom, I was like, okay, tomorrow at such and such time, that cabin will burn. So you have to unplug stuff. And my mom was like, who told you? I was like, well, I just had a dream. The next day, exactly at the same time, we hear noise, the thing was burning and stuff. And my mom was like, you know, you need to serve God. You need, you really need to get <laughs> close to God. But yeah. I was so young and I was like, ah, okay. Prior to that, I was very young. My mom told me, she said, yes, when you were young, probably four years old or five, after your brother had a car accident, the person that hit him came to the house and brought gifts. And I saw the person and I started talking to the person as a toddler. I said, you think I don't know what you came to do? Your plan was to kill my brother and then offer him as a sacrifice. And I just started going into a rant and then telling all these things. And then the guy got embarrassed. I was like, oh, that's a cute baby and stuff. <laughs> but then at that time, no one was explaining anything to me. So for yeah. me, it's those things are normal. You, you know stuff, you, you just share them. As I started going, like moving forward with our friends, one day I just couldn't, I was like, okay, you have to tell me who you are. Because I keep telling people, like, my friend told me this, but who you are? And he turned to me and he was like, I'm your friend. If they ask you, just say, I'm your friend. So yeah. that's thing, that thing stayed with me. So I'll go play with my friends and I'll tell them, oh, my friend told me this. So my friend told me that. And they're like, yeah. which friends? Because all of us are here. Like, which friend? I was like, oh, no, he comes to me. And then he shows me. And I try to describe They're like, you're crazy. And that was the moment the enemy planned planted a seed of fear, wow. fear of men, a seed of doubts. And I started thinking, so I'm probably crazy. All these things is just in my head, like everybody said. Mm. And I started wondering, what if I'm actually crazy? Around, I was probably nine years old or 10, um, that friend came to me and literally he will take me places like this place, show me heaven. I, I know one day I literally, we went to, this place, it was literally like a hallway and it was showing me people that were, were like in a waiting line to go at the end of the door. And at the, I knew something I knew is that I didn't want to end up at the end of that door. So oh. he kept showing me stuff. So I told that friend, I was like, at this point, like if you're just going to appear to me and show me stuff and not show other people, don't come to me. If wow. you want to talk to me, make sure everybody's there. Cause now I look like the crazy girl. Yeah, You know, I don't want to be the crazy person here. I know what I've, I'm experiencing is real. Yeah, It's real. It's tangible because I see the manifestation of the things that I hear. Mm. So you have to appear to everybody. Next time, if you want to talk to me, make sure everybody's there. And the second I said that, and then I said, I was so upset. I was like, in fact, I don't want you to come when it's just the two of us. What? The second I said that, those uh, physical encounters stopped. They all stopped and then I started dreaming. Like I became a heavy dreamer. Where that friend would not come to me, but I would just see things. It's like you just have the gift of dreams. I'll just see things like without that friend. But the because I said those sentences, because I rebuked my friend, I felt like something in me left. Yeah. Not only was he not part of who I was, he was part of my identity, part of my calling, part of my destiny. But I detached myself from something that was part of me. I felt like something was missing. Moving forward, I was trying to fill that void of not having my friends. Mm. 
Yeah. But me, I was trying to fill that void with anything that was available. Men, parties, education, you name it, whatever I can find that can fill that void. I was just trying to fill that space with that thing. But the thing is, though I was doing all those stuff, something that was very interesting, none of those things could have satisfied me. Yeah. Which means you go from men to men to men, trying to find the next one the next one that will bring this sensation. But then after a week or two or a month, you feel like that, sens- that sensation is fading. And then you just wonder, but what is that thing? What I didn't know was the cry of my spirit it was just crying for that person, you know, for that yeah. friend, for that lover. But I couldn't get that. And I just got it. I just went away from God. Like really, I went away from God in so many ways. But and I started going into depression. So I dated this person and then it just brought so much depression. The enemy got a rip of me. And whenever I, I departed from my friend, something uh, other than dreams, something else happened. I started having demonic encounters hmm. where I'll dream that I'm being choked or, and you can't say the name of Jesus. You're like, you just can't take the name of Jesus out of you. Yeah. Or you dream like people are chasing you, all this stuff. So fast moving fast forward, I came to America. All that time I didn't have my friends still trying to find him in other stuff, other any any other thing than him, not even the Bible. Mm. And I came to America. I went through a major depression. I remember because I, I was so oppressed, demonically oppressed. And instead of hearing the voice of God, I wasn't hearing it anymore, but I started hearing demonic voices. Literally, I'm walking and then you hear a voice telling you. Life is not fair. What wow. you should do is just throw yourself uh, on the on the up, uh, incoming cars. Just throw yourself and then, wow. you know, things will just end. And I'll think to myself, yeah, that's a solution. But then I'm like, nah. You know, as much as I'm depressed, life is too good <laughs> for me to just end up. And then I started thinking, what if the car hits me and I don't die? Then maybe I'm going to miss, I'm going to have one leg missing or something like that. And... <laughs> One day, I was, as I was walking, really depressed, extremely angry at God because I was like, God, this is your fault. I know, I know, I can't, I, can't, I can't prove it, but I know this is you because I always felt like God was chasing me. From the time I said no to him, he kept chasing me and I didn't want that. And at that time, when you were, when you were young, like seeing mm-hmm. this friend, right, um, in these mm-hmm. visions, you knew it was, you knew it was Jesus? Or yeah, you... because of what? Because of the peace. Ah. There is a peace that comes with a divine encounter. You can't really explain it, but it puts you in a place of safety. Mm. Where you know that though the presence is so glorious and scary, but there is a peace hidden somewhere wow. in this being that, that, is just, that gives you security and then you feel protected. Yeah. That's why I never felt like scared in the presence of that person, though it took me in so many places, showed me so many problems, even problems with my own family, like spiritual problems that were rooted in, with the ancestors of my family and all. I wasn't scared because I knew I was with, with him. And every time we we'll go places, like I'm just going to open this bracket and then close it and go back to the story. I remember one time he took me somewhere. He was like, I'm going to show you uh, the the past history of the spiritual past history of the family. Oof. He took me to a place and I saw all the 
everything related witchcraft and all these things related to the family wow. and you know what was funny i was seeing all these all these things seeing all these faces but they couldn't see me wow. because he told me as long as you are with me no one will have access with uh access in your life mm. so i'm seeing you i'm showing you this thing. i was literally at the place where some of the covenants were made with my ancestors and stuff but they couldn't see me so i'm looking at this thing, i'm like oh Do you see this thing and it's like yeah that's why I took you here so you can see and I'm asking but what about this person oh what a, look at the thing that they are burying under the um under the 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 sand look at this thing and it's like yeah I'm showing you this thing so you can know how to pray against these things wow you know but I was so young it didn't really ring a bell and at that time my mom was so young in her faith that she didn't really have the proper word to explain these things to me so I'll just get all those knowledges I'll get all that knowledge and then just sit with that and don't not not knowing what to do. Yeah. I was in Sunday school, all we were singing was Jesus loves me, yes I know. No no instructor would tell us that there is spiritual fire, no instructor would tell us that there is the Holy Spirit, no instructor would tell us about uh angelic visitation. Wow. We really had the basic like you guys had to color the Christmas uh coloring book and stuff but no wow. information and this is just another bracket i'm going to close that bracket and open this one Come if on. you have children don't 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 take them lightly like spiritually mm-hmm. they wait something you have to tell tell them about jesus yeah. tell them that encounter exists they have to know the difference between both in both sides of the encounters if it's demonic or angel they have to know the difference yes they are kids but there are things that kids know and see that if they sit and tell you you'll be shocked yeah. you know and these things i didn't have anyone to explain those stuff to me that's why when the enemy started planting seed of doubt my first reaction was like yeah there is no such thing as incarnate these were just like mm. the fruit of my imagination so wow. going back to the story that i was working going to work i was so broke so lonely so depressed and just like filled with the spirit of death like suicide and i'm walking so angry at god i'm like man god like you're really getting on my nerve that's how i talk to god it's i don't talk to god just when i pray and when i walk like oh what do you think of this yeah. so i'm like god you're really getting on my nerve like i'm i'm so done everything that is happening to me it's because of you that was your fault that was your fault to begin with as i'm walking a car stop and this woman comes out She's like young woman and she was a black american. She's as far as I remember, she's like young lady and then I turn the second I turn I knew that was God. And I was like god, oh, there we go again. And I turn, she's like you have to serve God. Mind you, it's in the middle of the uh, uh, of the high roads, okay? Of the uh, high road what? I'm walking by myself to work. She's like you have to serve God, okay? You have to wow. choose you either serve God and you leave or you don't serve God or you die. Wow. And I'm looking at her in my heart it kept ringing unless you are having another encounter. That's another encounter. And I'm like looking at her and she's like where are you going? I said I'm going to work. She's like okay, I'm going to drop you. She took me all the way to my job and dropped me and she's like and I asked her what's your name? She said uh call me mama. I was like but you don't have another name. She's like no, just call me mama. I was like okay. I even saved her number on my phone at that time. Went to work and when I was at work I was like I know this is you. Like there is no way this woman will know me from anywhere. I know this is you God. 
the story ended like that. I went to New York probably a few weeks after. I went to New York and this is all part of my salvation story, okay? Yeah, yeah, I went yeah. to New York. I'm just showing you guys how God was chasing me. It's Come all on. part of redemption. When it's redemption, you have to be, uh, you have to chase that person. It's all part of redemption. It's not a one day like, okay, I slept, I woke up, I got saved. No, right. it's like God was going after me, showing his intention to get me back. Yeah. So I went to New York. As I was in New York, I got lost. I actually had a demonic, demonic encounter. I was in the, the bus. And then that demon was like, you know what? You're going to New York. You're going to be invisible. No one will see you. No one will help you. And you stay there. That was my first time in New York. Wait, pause right like, there. Wait, 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 wait. So demonic encounter though, is this is this appearing as a person? Are you seeing something? What what exactly does that look like? So the backstory to that, it's, it's all of that. It just depends on however it manifests itself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the backstory to that is I just got myself in something I shouldn't have got myself. Yeah. And then not knowing that the people that I was I was dealing with were also doing like high level witchcraft voodoo. Mm, okay. So that was literally like a season where that's why I got upset. Uh, I, I really got upset at the first place with God when I came here in America because I was like, this is your fault. You should have told me that I shouldn't have to deal with these people. Yeah. But it, it's like, Ines, you rejected God. Yeah. How do you want him to tell you something while you said you don't come and encounter? Wow. You know? So going back to the story, as I was in the bus going to New York, actually following a man, who put me in that position to begin with? So as I'm going um, in the bus, I get this uh, demonic encounter, literally in the bus. You feel just like this demonic presence in the bus. Everything just, you literally like your body shivering because it's like, nah, something is not really correct here. Yeah. So, and then I get this encounter and I hear, as you're going to New York, one, you're going to be invisible. The two, you won't find your destination. And I was like, oh, now in the name of Jesus, I won't find it. What? Nah, 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 this is demonic. I got to New York. I still remember the place, Chinatown, New York, East, something, East, something, something, East Manhattan or whatever. I got to New York. As I got to New York, I, I called a, a taxi. I was like, a yellow cab. I was like, oh, I'm going to such and such address. The taxi driver was like, that, that address does not exist. Mm. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, the address does not exist. I was like, okay, cool. I stayed there. I didn't know since I was new in America, I didn't know New York was icy cold. It's not like <laughs> New York. It's, it's extremely cold. cold. And I wasn't dressed appropriately. I didn't have a jacket. I was just wearing, because it, I come from a hot country. Yeah. I literally, I was wearing like short sleeves and stuff. And I didn't know what to expect. And I had my suitcase. I'm like, okay, then I'm going to die here. I really don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm and I'm die. standing there. I was like, you know what? Let me call 911. I called 911. I was like, hi, I'm in New York. I'm lost. I need a ride. They're like, that's not our work. I was like, yes, but I'm not from here. I don't know what to do. And I literally took the last bus. So I didn't really have a bus to go back. And I didn't have money to even get a hotel. Yeah. So I'm like stuck in the cold of New York in Chinatown. And 
they're like, that's not our job, so we can't really help you. I was like, well, if you guys don't help me, I'm going to die cold here because I'm really cold. Like, okay, we're going to send a car. Probably 30 to 40 minutes went by, no car. I called them. I'm like, I called you guys a few minutes ago. I need a car because I'm really shaking. I'm really cold. They're like, we sent two cars to you, but we couldn't find you where you said you were. I was like, what do you mean? I'm standing at this place. I've been here the whole time. What do you mean you didn't see me? It's like, yeah, we sent two cars. The first one went and said they couldn't locate you. We sent the second one. They couldn't locate you. So what are you saying? Remember when I, when I told you about the bus? Yeah. I was like, okay, this is getting weird. So I stood there. They're like, okay, we're going to send another one. I stood there. As I stood there, this guy came. He was, he was like Hispanic-looking guy. He came to me and was like, what are you doing here? I was like, no, I'm waiting for my taxi. He's like, oh, no, I'm a manager. He showed me the hotel. He was like, you see that hotel? And I see the hotel. I'm like, yeah, yes, I'm a manager there. You can come and wait at the lobby as the car comes. Yeah. I was like, ah, I wanted to go. And I hear in my voice, don't go. Mm. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm going to stay here. But in my mind at that time, I'm talking to God. I'm like, but you know, I'm going to die frozen. You know, and you're telling me not to go. And the guy was like, are you sure? The guy insisted. I was like, no, I'm good. He's like, you know what? When you're ready, you can always come there. I'm the manager there. You just sit at the lobby as you're waiting for the car. So I stayed there another 40 minutes or 50 minutes. I called. When I think of that story, I'm like, man, life is so crazy. <laughs> I called 911 again. And I was just so rude. I'm like, guys, I've been calling you guys. I'm really freezing here. My nose is running. And you know, when it's so cold, your nose is running, you're yep. tearing. It's like, life is just beer. And they're like, mom, this is not our job, but we sent another one, but we couldn't, and we couldn't find you. I was like, I'm at the intersection. I'm the only person here, the only female, the only black person, the only human being standing here. Like, what are you, what are you guys talking about? They say, we couldn't find you. I said, okay. So I look on the other side, I see a police uh, car. I was like, let me go to these police people. I'm going to ask them for help. So I got to them and I was like, okay, I need help. I'm trying to locate this address. I'm going to such and such place. They were like, okay, give the address. I give the address. They're like, uh, this place does not exist. It's actually a police station. I was like, what do you mean a police station? That was my boyfriend's uh, place. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, the place doesn't exist. And they're like, and then I asked them, I was like, okay. And they said, you know what? Give us the boyfriend's name. I gave them the name. We're talking about NYPD yeah. police. So they probably have the best equipment, okay? I gave them the address. They enter that into the whatever, the computer thing. And then the guy comes, he talks to the other person, and then he comes back. They're like, mom, are you sure about that? I was like, what do you mean? Like, well, the name you gave the person died in 19 something something. Hmm. I was like, definitely, I'm crazy. I'm going crazy. I was like, no. And I didn't tell them that was my boyfriend. I said, that's my cousin. I'm going yeah. to see my cousin. They're like, no, this person has been dead in such and such time. So at that moment, I'm like, definitely, I'm crazy. This is yeah. what they've been telling me since I'm a kid. I'm crazy. And I was like, you know what? Let me just go to the hotel and stay there. Until wait, at least wait until the morning and I go. I go to the hotel, get inside the hotel. It was all dark. I'm like, ah, 
check around nothing, get out of the hotel, I see a limo. And I knock at the door of the limo. I was like, uh, did you see a manager getting inside the hotel? Because I'm trying to go there. And then the guy looked at me, he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And then with their New York, New Yorker accent. Yeah. What are you talking about? I was like, no, because I was talking to a manager. He's like, lady, this is not a hotel. This is an abandoned building. Oh, <laughs> hold up. Uh, I, I was like, what do you mean? I saw the hotel. Uh-uh. <laughs> mm. I saw the hotel. He's like, no, this is an abandoned, this is an old building. They're even getting ready to renovate the place. So I'm like, definitely, I am crazy. So walk back there, stay there. And then for the first time in a long time, I said, God, I need you. I need your help. Otherwise, I'm going to die here. Because wow. I think I've used all the energy, all the, the heat in my body. Like, I'm going to die here. The second I said that prayer, a yellow cab stopped before me. And the second that person looked at me, I told myself, that's an angel. I said it in my heart. I said, that's an angel. Once I, I had that thought, the guy looked at me and smiled. And I was like, oh, God. And he's like, I know where you go. And he said, he told me, I know where you're going. I was like, what do you mean? He said, yeah, I'm going to take you there. I was like, but the police couldn't find it. The other taxi driver couldn't find it. What yeah. do you mean? He said, yeah, I'm going to take you there. Mind you, I didn't give him, give him the address yet. Right. But he knew where I was going. And then the second, like whenever he was talking, I had the same feeling I had when I was having encounters as a child. Mm. That peace, that security, though I didn't know the person, which was different when I met the so-called manager. He just had this presence about him that didn't make me trust him. I was like, okay, I got inside the car and the, girl, the guy just went from A to Z about my life, telling me things about my life in the car. The whole time I'm like, Nope, this is not a human. This is an angel. There is no way a driver in New York that didn't give my address know where I'm going. Plus, yeah. he, know, he knows my life. He just said, going, you know, you're a young lady. You should do this with your life. Like, he just went full on on my life. Like, giving me word of knowledge. Unless, like, taxi drivers in New York have the gift of word of knowledge. He <laughs> just went on and get, like, the guy gave me word of knowledge, like, about my life. Yeah. And then got me to my destination and then he told me, you know what? This is where you're going. But it's late right now. I'm going to take you to a McDonald's. There is a... At that time, they had like... Um, we call it in French like Cyber uh, Cafe. It's like a place with computers yeah. that you can use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have it here in America. I mean, they have it at Staples. So it was like, I'm going to drop you there. Use that. Um, use those computers reach your family out and I was like okay good and as I was getting off he asked me do you have money I had money but I was like no he's like okay that's fine he gave hmm. me money wow we're talking in New York he gave me money he was like use this money buy food and then he wrote his number on a paper and he said call me anytime you need me call me wow I'll be there whenever he said that I remembered uh, when God was talking to Jeremiah. Yeah. When he told him that uh, he's, I'm your God, you know, mm, call upon mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Call up, When he started telling him to call upon him. And I was looking at this, but I'm like, I can't prove it, but this person is not human. But I was like, ah, here's something, you know, when, 
when you feel like there is something but you can't prove it yeah. so i'm looking at the person the whole time and he was like asian looking i don't know if that asian's angel i won't go into that but it was just <laughs> asian looking <laughs> and i'm looking at him i'm like gosh i can't prove it but this is i know this is god so i get i get to mcdonald's buy the food get up there he calls me are you settled are you sitting are you good did you eat don't forget call me anytime and i'll come i'll be there he kept repeating it probably three hours after he called me again said the same thing all the way to the morning so i wake up in the morning the demonic in kind of ahead came back again and they're like you like you didn't go with that manager otherwise you would have been trapped in whatever the thing like a dimension something something like that I won't go into that because that's a whole preaching because I don't want to confuse people yeah 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 and and who said this to you the the same demonic in Canada that I had right the very not the, I don't know if it's the same demon but it's like I don't know it's just like this voodoo thing that was happening there okay and anyway long story short I went back to DC and I'm like the whole time I'm like gosh what if God really cares for me. And I started wondering because I was, I mean after having that situation in New York like it makes you wonder like I'm not that crazy, you know. It's not this thing is not just in my dream anymore. This was physical. Yeah. You know, I was in a car with somebody. I went to this hotel. I'm like, "Now nah, this is not normal." And I started wondering, but I didn't have any answer. In the meantime we lost our house, we lost the car. I had to like move out of the place and be separated from my siblings because they had to go to other state because we didn't have any more money. Yeah. And I'm like, god. So my mom was like, "Oh, there is a pastor so and so on social media. You should reach out to them and just like talk to them, you know, just say hi to them." I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to see." So one day it just like became a burden in my heart. I was like, let me reach out to the pastor. I reached out to him. And I said, well, um Pastor Shikaina, I have a question for you. He's like, oh yeah, go ahead. He said, uh, do you think God can hate somebody? He's like, no, 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 no. And then I told him my story. I was like, yeah, I feel like God hates me because I rejected him as no. a child and stuff. He's like, no, you know what? Actually, God is interested in dating you. I was like, "What? Mind you, I told you at that time I was so into men and right. anything but God." So he brought the gospel to my level. I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Yeah, God is hitting on you." I was like, "So God, the God <laughs> wants to date me." He was like, "Yeah, he wants uh, to date you." Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, "That's really how the love story began with God." Wow. I was like, so God, he's like, yeah, all, all this, all those stuff. He's just trying to get your attention because he want to date wow. you. I was like, okay, so how am I going to tell him that I'm interested? Like, okay, I want to date him. <laughs> he said, oh, but you said he's your friend, right? I was like, yeah, but that was when I was a child, not now. Like, yeah. no. Just, you know what? Just talk to him like you used to talk to him. Just tell him, like, I'm sorry I rejected you. I want you to come back. I miss you. Yeah. So I'm sitting in this because I, I used to live with Muslim. I went I was using renting a room in a Muslim house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in my room there and I'm like, "Okay, God. I'm sorry I rejected you. I wanted to come <laughs> back." 
<laughs> That's how low I was thinking. I was like, I want you to come by. I missed you. The second I said that, I felt, you see when it's like very hot, like a Dallas, Texas kind of heat. Yeah. I don't know if you've been to Texas. It's like extremely hot. It's like Africa kind of hot. It's like mm. extremely hot. And then you drink cold water or a cold drink. The yeah. way it feels, like mm-hmm. you just feel refreshed. So the second I said that, I just felt like this breeze coming and then I just felt refreshed. Wow. By myself in the room, I fell on the floor the first time. And I stood, I was crying. I was like, and I told Pastor Shikana, I was like, I don't know what happened, but I just feel like it's, it almost feel like I drink something so cold and I'm so refreshed. It's like, yeah, that's him. He's back. I was like, <laughs> that's it? There is like nothing else? He's like, no, that's it. He's back. So I was like, okay. So now I know I'm dating. I'm dating the God. I'm dating God. You know, I'm dating Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a few days after, a few, yeah, few days after, about three days after, I hear the audible voice of God for the first time. Because usually it was during my, in my dream or you hear like a still voice inside. Right. But that one was the audible voice. And I hear, go on your knee. I'm like, bye bye. What am I going to go do on my knee? <laughs> He's like, go on your knee. And I was like, what am I going to go do on my knee? I don't have anything to pray for. Yeah. You know what? Because we have a culture as Christian that you only pray when you need to ask God for something. Right. Not really when you want to fellowship with God, you know? Yep. Just go on your knee, God. This is how my day went. What do you think of this? But most of the time, it's just like, God, I need this. God, give me this. God, change this. God, touch this. But then yep. God was giving me an, an invitation to intimacy. But I was not, that was something new for me, you know? Mm. I knew the God ATM that gave and took away I didn't know the God of intimacy. I just want to fellowship with you. Ask you mm. question. You ask him question and talk. So ooh, even though I'm saying that, I just feel like his presence just filled my room and stuff. Wow. So he's like, go on your knee. I'm like, I'm not going to go on my knee because I don't have anything to ask you. Yeah. So no, I went to the kitchen and I hear again, go on your knees. I'm like, no. I'm not going on my knees. Went back to my room and tried to sleep. As I was trying to sleep, I I feel a hands touching my forehead. So I wake up and I hear again, go on your knees. I was like, oh gosh, okay. I'm going to go on my knees with all the like disgusting attitude. Yeah. I go on my knees and I'm like, okay, since I don't have anything to pray, I mean to ask, I'm going to put on some music and start worshiping. I put on the music. The second the music started singing, I remember the song. It was, I don't know if you are familiar with that. Jehovah, you are the most high. But I'm you look are it up. the most high God. Okay. The second the song started playing, mind you, because I used to lock my door in my room because I was living with other people. Yeah. The second the song started playing, this person enters my room. When he entered my room, I knew one thing, that even my knees were were not worthy of him. So I lay flat on the floor. 
But even when I laid flat, I felt like even laying flat was not worthy of him. If I was able, I could have buried myself or something. But none of what I could have done was worthy of him. And this wasn't and a, there. This wasn't a vision. This was like a no a life. That wow. was like life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, like I think um, that prayer of restoration I did with Pastor Shikana just moved me from just having like spiritual encounter as in visions and dream to make it making it like physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he walks in the room and then he stood there. The second he stood there. I saw the, my whole life passing before me. I just felt like I was like in the judgment moment. Wow. My whole life. And as scenes of my life were passing, I, I started hearing, not worthy, not worthy, not worthy. It's like accusations of my sin were, were, cry, were screaming or like accusing me. Like whatever I did, my sins were accusing me before, before the Lord. I kept hearing, not worthy. Not worthy, and I'm like, I started bawling. I'm like, no, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like I'm like, I'm sorry, and this thing will come. I'm like, oh God, I feel so ashamed. Wow. It's like when you are before God, it's like you are completely naked. Yeah, there is nothing, no clothes, no title, no nothing, no gifts you can have. Yeah. That will cover you before his presence. He sees you through in and out, like up and bottom, like whatever side, north, south, east, west, whatever. He sees you from every angle. Mm. And even the things that we thought God was not seeing, God was seeing all of them. The things that we did behind doors, he was seeing all of them. So I'm like, gosh, I'm sorry. And I, I, I literally my, my whole life went before me. And I kept hearing, not worry, not worry, not worry. I'm like, gosh. And I'm sobbing, crying to God, like, God, I'm sorry. Wow. And for the first time, after this whole scene of accusation, I hear the audible voice of Christ. Remember, I began by telling you the voice of God, but then right. I heard the voice of Christ. Because there is no redemption unless Christ is involved. Come on. Because before God, God is judging the person. But when, once you give your life to Christ, he's judging you through Christ. And I hear the audible voice of Christ. I hear, but I love you. That Ooh. sentence crushed me. It was, a, it was literally like a 360 move on me. I was like, no, you can't love me. Because at first I was like, I'm sorry because I sinned, you know. That's easy yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But then somebody loving you at your weakest moment, that's uncomfortable. That's mm. really uncomfortable. It's like you are guilty of something and they say, yes, we know you are guilty, but you are forgiven. Nah. I, tell me something. Like, tell me, okay. Tell me something bad so I can know that at least what you're feeling. And yeah, it's like, yeah. but I love you. I was like, no, you can't love me. It's impossible. Did you see all, all the things that I do? I did. It's like, still, I love you. I was like, no, I did this. And now I myself became the voice of accusation. Mm. It wasn't my sin anymore. I myself became the voice of accusation. I was like, but I did this. He's like, still, I love you. Remember, I did this thing. Still, I love you. 
and he kept repeating still i love you and oh gosh wow. that encounter like and the more he was saying still i love you it's like i felt like the empty vase that i was started being filled wow. you just feel like all all the, and you remember i told you about the emptiness yeah all the emptiness started being filled with the but i love you still i love you and then though my face was on the floor i felt like i was looking at him at the same time so i look at his eyes and i see flames of fire oh gosh the second i see it i'm like nope 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 i'm like i'm crying sobbing you know it's only year uh, years after that i found in the bible yeah that christ is described actually revelation 19 yep. 12 to 15 actually let me read it to you come on revelation 19 12 to 15 says the king james version his eyes were as flames of fire and his on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but himself i'm going to read the 13 and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of god we're just going to stop at 13 hmm. and i'm looking at his eyes the more i'm looking at his eyes the more the void is leaving me the emptiness is leaving love is coming into my heart i'm being transformed in the midst of that encounter my phone rings i'm like ah, one second <laughs> i pick up my <laughs> i pick up my phone and i'm like My mom called all the way from Africa. I'm like, "Mommy, there's a man in my room. He's not condemning me. He's loving on me. And it's uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, God's yeah. love is so uncomfortable when you live in sin. Wow. That you just want to change. You want to change because sin sin that that's because God's love not only does it put life in you, but it makes you realize that sin is like a foreigner into your body into yeah. your soul into your spirit it, it doesn't have its its place it's an alien yeah. so i'm like there's this person in my room is not condemning me like giving giving her the full uh, story and on the on the other side of the line she's like oh hallelujah hallelujah and i'm like you're not understanding i'm telling you there is a man in my room this man right here right here <laughs> at that moment yeah. I'm, on, i'm on my knees looking at him He's just looking at me and me talking to my mom on the phone trying to explain to my mom that there's a man in my room and I'm like mom you don't understand there's a man in my room he's not connected she's like hallelujah hallelujah and after probably 2 3 minutes she hangs up the phone I'm like that's it I'm by myself here with this being and then I stayed there like I had that encounter from 7 p.m. all the way to some somewhere around 11 p.m. like just being filled with the love of God like the wow. love of God it's not just the word the love of God it's not just what happened at Golgotha the love of God is a person yeah. it's a person it's a it's a thing it's a dimension it's an atmosphere it's everything and we all have access to it so 11 p.m. or so I went to bed woke up the next day I'm like no this was not a dream this wasn't because i was cooking when i went to the kitchen yeah, i didn't yeah. even cook anymore i didn't even eat anymore just woke up the next day i was so refreshed and my mom called i was like come on i was trying to tell you this person was in my room and stuff she's like no ines the whole time you were speaking in tongues oh 
Oh. I told her I said. Uh, okay. I said, what do you mean? She said, yeah, I called you and you started speaking in tongues. You were crying. I was like, oh, she's being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow. I was like, no, I was telling you that I was having this in She said, yes, no, you were speaking in tongues. And that, at that moment, made me realize that Christ, though he's the Christ of all, he's also the Christ of each and every person. Mm. Your encounter with God, like you can burn out of somebody else's flame. You got to have your own flames with God. Do you understand that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you can't be a Christian because you go to church, because your pastor prays for you, because your pastor lay your hands on you. No, when you're coming to church, it's like you bringing your flame, meeting your pastor's flame, the person next to you flames, and you guys are burning. Yeah. You know? You otherwise like you're gonna be out of flame pretty soon, out of oil pretty soon. That what happened to the to the 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 ten virgin. Remember the the, the virgin women that had to meet the bride. It's in the Bible. I forgot yes. the Bible reference. Where some of them they had they they all had the oil, but the difference is was in the quantity of the oil. Yep. Some were filled, but those that missed on the on the groom just had enough for them to stay awake for some time. And that what happened. We need, well, as, as I'm going to church, I have to be filled. So whatever I'm encountering at church is just adding to the oil that I already have, which mm. is already full. I'm not coming empty and then getting the lid I'm going to go to get to church and then take it out, empty myself and come again. No, we need to have like this intimacy. You're coming to church to get to be intimate with God, but you're already intimate even in your house, in your car and stuff. And then I tell her the story. She's like, yeah. So I hang up. I'm like, what does that mean? So from there, long story short, God started teaching me about the word of God, how to preach. I didn't go to Bible school, you know, but he started teaching me. I was like, okay, God, so you want me to serve you? What am I going to do? The and now first this thing is, these do, are personal encounters again? Yeah. Wow. It's, I was like, the, you asked me to, uh, to serve you. I'm going to serve you. But I've never been to Bible school. The only verse I knew was John 3, 16. And that was from Sunday school. Like, what am I going to do? He said, I'm going to teach you. Wow. I'm not only your father. I'm not only your lover, but I'm your teacher. And Come that on. was the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's really when my relationship with the Holy Spirit started. Because I had all this in Canada, but I didn't really have a relationship with him per se. Mm. You know, it's like God made the distinction between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit so vivid in my life that. I can tell when it's the Holy Spirit dealing with me, when it's Christ dealing with me, or when it's the Father dealing with me. Mm. So going back to the story, he's like, I'm going to teach you. I was like, okay. And he started teaching me. This is how you structure a, uh, a sermon if you want to reach this target. This is how you, stru- you structure if you want to reach this target. For eight days, he showed me eight different ways of preaching. Wow. A whole eight different ways. And then he got into my closet. He was like, well, as we are working on your sermon, we also have to work on your clothes. He's like, this one, take out. This one, take out. <laughs> this one, take out. And so we went from there. And I started growing by the grace of God, growing with the Lord and stuff. And 2012, I hear God telling me, I want you to go to Haiti. I was like, Haiti? I don't know anybody to Haiti. Where am I going to do there? But he's like, I'm going to make a way for you. You are going to go to Haiti. It's like, well, if you want me to go to Haiti, then I need my parents' approval, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't just go like that. First, I was 23 at that time. It's like, I was like, I need my parents' approval. I'm by myself. And you know what they say about the country. God was like, I'm going to make a way. So I reached out to my mom. I told her about Haiti. She's like, okay, if what if that's what God wants you to do, then go. Because at first she was like, ah, girl, no, bye. Then she was like, no, you know, if that's what God wants you to do, then go. And then out of nowhere, this pastor that I knew, I didn't know, texts me on Facebook. He's like, uh, God, told, God told me to write to you. You need to come to Haiti. We were not friends on Facebook. How you found my page, God knows. That God told me to tell you to come to Haiti and we're going to take care of everything. You just wow. have to come. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to Haiti. Went to Haiti the first, and that was my first, probably my first public administration uh, per se. Go to Haiti and stuff. Once I'm in Haiti, the first night, and each night the Holy Spirit would tell me, you tell me, open the Bible. When I open the Bible, whatever Bible verse I'll read, that's the thing that will happen the next day, literally. So I opened my Bible. He showed me this and that. He showed me the certain Bible verse. I was like, okay. He's like, that's what will happen the next day. The next day it happened. At night, because we had morning and evening service, it's like pretty intense day with like services. The evening service, I go to, I go to the, I, I got into the, the sanctuary and I feel this intense demonic presence in the atmosphere. I'm like, no, no, something is not right here. Yeah. And then I look, I see this little boy looking at me, literally fixing my eyes. I'm like, so I went home and per usual, the Holy Spirit tell me, open the Bible read. So I fall on this story where it says, the prophet will get attacked. But God will send a helper to strengthen the prophets. I'm like, okay, I close my Bible, go to bed. Because they don't really have electricity there. Right. So I'll go to bed. It was in the dark. I was actually watching Catherine Coleman, excel lover. And I'm watching her, uh, her sermons, and the lights in the room started coming on and off, on mm. and off by itself. Mm-hmm. On and off, on and off. I'm like, wow, this is a serious electricity problem. But then my spiritual senses got open and I started seeing something that was happening somewhere else. And I see these people around fire with like these voodoo dolls, like casting spell. Mm. I'm like, come on, this is the worst moment to have visions. This is the worst moment. I'm living by myself here in this huge room. And I'm having these visions. I'm like trying to distract myself. And out of nowhere, dogs started barking outside. Not one dog, like multiple dogs at the same time. Yeah. They're all barking and I'm like, gosh, what the heck is about to happen here? And as those, th- those things started happening, I don't know if you know these, those insects. They have like, they type, um lights, Bad insects. They have like lights in their back. Oh yeah, the 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 um whatever the science. Yeah, 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 is. yeah. I started seeing them in the room. Fireflies. Like multiple of them. Okay, yeah. multiple of them in the room. Mind you, the door is closed. The windows are closed. I'm like, what in the world is happening? Yeah. And I started seeing caskets, like visions of caskets circulating in the room. I'm like, God, Jesus. And I got super scared. I tried to pray, but I was praying out of fear not out of faith so i'm like oh bye i'm going to the pastor's room and i'm gonna tell him and his wife that i'm sleeping in between them because 
this thing, I don't know what this thing is. <laughs> so I leave my room, go to the pastor, I knock at the door. I'm like, um, whatever knows, whatever is happening, it's like enabling, I can't sleep. He's like, oh, no, 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 just use one, the, another room. Long story short, they get me this other room. I stayed there and the pastor came, prayed with, prayed with me. And I went to bed. Remember the Bible verse that says that the prophet will be attacked, yeah. that somebody will come and threaten. So I went to bed the next day. I was so upset. I went to service. I was super upset because I was preaching on faith. Huh. I was preaching on faith and I couldn't have faith that night. Mm. So I went to service and I'm giving them the example. And this person comes to me after service. He's like, oh, you know what? What happened is that usually here in Haiti at night, witch doctor, they go about the city cursing the town. Mm. Wow. they curse the town and they say like if somebody whoever will come will pass through this road from this time to this time this is what will happen to them or will happen to their loved one or whatever yeah but they came before your house they couldn't cross i was like what do you mean they couldn't cross yeah because you guys came it, it was like a lot of you guys that came i was like what do you mean a lot of us i came by myself like no it was a lot of you guys that came somewhere at the door or some so they couldn't cross that's why they had to find who brought those people there that's why they were upset remember when you read the story of Gehazi and the light what happened they say those that are with us that are, are, are numbers those that are against us God didn't send me just by myself this 23 year old girl no she sent me with his whole army come on now and I didn't really realize that so I was like, what? And so he gave me the full story. And from that moment, God gave me authority in that land. Those encounters stopped. Wow. And we started going from places to places, praying for people, wow. healing like the blind soul. People wow. like para- uh, people that were paralyzed started moving. Wow. The best story happened that on another trip to Haiti, God told me, this time I want you to go to the rivers. I was like, what do you want me to go to do the, at the river? He's like, I want you to go there. You're going to meet somebody. So I go to the river. I told my friends, I was like, take, you guys take me to the rivers. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty bold. When, when God gives me a word, he gives me so much boldness <laughs> because I know it's not in my mind. Come on, yeah. I was like, you guys take me to the river. They're like, why? I was like, because I have to find some, I have to meet someone. So they took me to the river. We met the ladies that were washing the clothes and stuff. We prayed with them. They got healed. Glory to God. And then God told me, ask them to take you to a witch doctor. I was like, nope, that's not the voice of God. Mm. And I hear again, ask them to take you to a witch doctor. I was like, for what? He's like, you're going to see. And I told my friend, I was like, I need to see a witch doctor. They're like, oh, sister Ines, why? I was like, ah, I just need, I didn't have any explanation. <laughs> like, no, I just need to see a witch doctor. They're like, are you sure? Well, Matter of fact, where we are, it's known as the mall, the mall of witch doctors. It's like there's like plenty of witch doctors in this region. So what we'll do, we'll go to the to this brother's house and then the witch doctor will come meet us there. I was like, okay, good. So we went to the house. In my mind, I'm like, oh, this is the moment I've been waiting on. It's going to be like we've seen movies, you know, exchange of powers, me sending my power, him sending like, it's going to be like this science fiction thing. Yeah. So I'm like, thinking, like making all the scenarios in my head. The second the witch doctor arrived, they're like, oh, Sister Ines, the witch doctor is here. The second the witch doctor arrived, I started running toward him because I'm like, okay, I need to get there before him so I can be in position. It's going to be like this manga, 
a Korean cartoon kind of thing. So as I was going down the steps, the the, the stair, it just dropped like a bomb. Boom, inside of me. I just felt love coming down inside of me. So I'm running to the witch doctor. Instead of positioning myself to fight, I go straight and hug him. Mm. I hug the witch doctor and the guy just stood there. He was just like confused. And I hug him again. I'm like, oh my God, I've been looking forward to seeing you. He's like, the guy was confused, you know, because yeah. witch doctors are like priests. So they're, they're considered sacred and stuff. All those like, all those shenanigans. And I hug him. He's like looking at me confused. I'm like, yeah, God sent me to you, you know. And I, get, I started giving him the full details of his dreams. This is what you've been dreaming of, like you've been dreaming about. This is what this this dream, you know, even lately you had a dream an angel came to you and told you that you have to serve God. Wow. And the guy started laughing. He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, because God sent me, you know, it's your time. You need to get saved. As we were talking, the guy, he had, because he brought some of his material, probably thinking that he was going to do some, some right. of his like voodoo stuff. He took those stuff, put them in the trash and came back. And I'm like, sharing the gospel with him, just like sending love his way and giving him all these things. The guy started laughing and we got so close. And I was like, you know what? The next time I'll come to Haiti, you will be saved and you and I will start going around saving other witch doctors. He's like, no, but it's deeper than that. I was like, I know. I know. I even know that sometimes you go to the cemetery too. God just gave me access to... Wow. like spiritual realm to like just see everything his life was literally just open before me it's like you go to the you do this he's like how do you know that i was like god i told you you know yeah. god can show you all these things too yeah he's like yeah but you know i'm so deep into i was like it's fine and i kept on loving on him and i was like you know what let's go find another witch doctor i'm 23 and i'm like doing all this stuff So he's like coming with me. We're walking in the streets. He's like, that one is a witch doctor. I'm like, let's go. And we start running after witch doctors. I'm telling you, witch doctors started running like away from us. They'll see us from far. They'll just like close <laughs> there, like small things. And we'll go and knock. Oh, wow. we came to pray with you. Like, why? I'm like, just because. We just want to tell you that God loves you. And before, like in front of, like before the power of love, they were like powerless, you know, right. they'll just stand there. We'll pray with them. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'm not going to make it look weird. Your friend is going to touch you and I'm going to touch your friends and I'm going to pray for something. They're like, why am that? Uh, they, they asked me what thing I was like, just wait, you see. And I'll just touch um, the, the witch doctor, the initial witch doctor's shoulder. And I'm like, God, I just pray for a transfer of, of liquid love. Right now, in the name of Jesus, the second I'll pray for that, they'll all open their eyes and be like so confused. Yeah. And that thing will work all the time. We left there. We went to this hospital. I was like, take me to a hospital. We went to the hospital. We just, the blind started seeing, I mean, the sick, those that had headaches and all these things, they just, healing just broke into that space. Yeah. It was crazy. I went, I came back here and I was like, yep. God is real. So I asked God, I was like, why didn't you let me do like a manifestation of power yeah. or a deliverance service or so? 
he was like, you know, Ines, that was actually, I was actually talking to the Holy Spirit. And he told me, he was like, you know, Ines, power the enemy can mimic. Gift the enemy can mimic. Mm. But love, uh. that's something he can mimic because it's not part of his nature. Wow, that's so good. Out of all the gifts the enemy received, wow. there's one thing he didn't receive. That was love. And he said, anytime you manifest love, come on, you rent the enemy powerless. Wow. At that moment, I'm wow. like, that's it. Wow. That's the key I've been waiting on. Wow. He said, you go, there are places, there are countries where you go, you see witch doctors and stuff healing people. Right. That's the gift of healing. They are healing people, doing or giving prophecy and stuff, but right. ask them to love. Mm. That's something they can do because they don't, it's not part of it's their DNA. Their no. It's not in their nature. He said, Ines, for as long as love will be your weapon, nothing whoever defeats you. Wow. And I was like, that's it. That's something I know the enemy will never stole from me. He will never steal it from me. Because he can't even keep, he can't even keep it. You know, where, who is he going to give it to? He can't keep it. And that was in short, that was, that's really the short version of my love, of my love story. Benjamin story with Christ. And I came here and he just started talking to me. And I started going from house to houses, doing like these prayer houses in people's house. I'll come to their house, let's pray, get them, uh, get some saved, get them filled with the Holy Spirit, or move to the next house, and so and so until one day God was like, I had actually had an encounter where, where I was seeing an army rising, and God was like, I want you to raise me an army, an army of lover of Christ. Okay. And then He gave me the full detail, and that's how. I'm now working with Ezekiel 37 Mission. So, so how what does that look like? Can you share that? What is that? What so, is that a strategy to build lovers of of God to build that army? Mm-hmm. Remember when I had the encounter in the Muslim house? Yes. When I quoted Revelation, part of the description of of what they say of how it looks like at the end it says it said the word of God. Yeah. Remember. Mm-hmm. So one thing, God want me to raise him an army of people that love him. Not just love the work of God. Not just love the church yeah. as of like the building, but love God too. Because we have people that love doing the work of God. But don't, they don't really, they don't necessarily love God, you know. Mm. They're in that routine where they go to church, they serve, they preach. But then the intimacy part of the relationship with God, it's dead, far gone, long time ago. Yeah. So that's the place where God is like, you have to raise me an army, how it looks like. Like currently right now with my team, um, for the past, since COVID started, I really started like focusing on building or letting, giving them access to the word of God. We're going like verses after verses through the Bible. We're actually on our 19th book of the Bible, which I didn't know was that much work. <laughs> yeah. I have to be honest. We're not doing like themes. No, we're going verses after verses, studying the history, the culture behind it. Wow. So at least they can know, like even if today I'm not there, Ezekiel 37 will not die because Ezekiel 37 is not a ministry. 
it's the vision of God inside of you. Right. It's God inside of you. It's the ability of God inside of you. It's the mindset of God inside of you. It's not just what Ines is doing or what Ines is holding. That's one thing, building them in the word of God. The second thing is giving them access or helping them have encounters with God. So for the past, actually, yesterday was our fifth, no, sixth anniversary since Ezekiel 37 started. Congratulations. Thank you. So we've been hosting uh, uh, the experience, which is fully focused on the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Whatever wow. we are preaching, yeah. at the end of it, people have to encounter God. Wow. As you're leaving them, you're like, okay, I've encountered the Holy Spirit. Whether it's through speaking in tongues, whether it's through feeling His presence, whether it's through healing, whatever, whether it's through the preaching. You have to leave that. We have. We want people to leave the experience being hungry, mm. not being full, but being hungry. Like I got to know that God. I have to know that God. Whatever I saw there, whatever I experienced there, it doesn't have to make you full. It has to make you hungry. Like man, I need to encounter that God. Yeah, that's one thing. And then we have the Akaf retreats. Akaf actually means agreement. We have the Akaf retreat where it's like 12 hours of nonstop uh, just encounter with the Lord. Words, praise and worship, uh, whatever you. And we also have one that I'm still working on it. It's called the prophetic exercise where I teach people to hear the voice of God. Yeah. So we've been doing that for quite some time now. And mm. I'll just have, because I don't want people to depend on my prophetic gift. Yeah. I don't want people to depend on me as their leader. I want them to depend on God, which means that if you are part of my team, I can ask you, like in the midst of this of a service, I can ask you, okay, as you are standing at the camera, what is God telling you about this person that came to the event? You have to be able to tap into the spiritual, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying about this person? So that's really what we're working on. Wow. It's still pretty new in these things, but there is not, nothing to complain about because, man, we're doing it. We are partying with the Holy Spirit and it's probably the best thing ever. So that's in short, that the long version of short, the story of my salvation. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Okay. All right. No, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, there, welcome. there were so many things that I could have asked you in between everything that you said, but I just kind of wanted to let you just, just go because it's literally like a movie, and um, and and I see life as a movie because that's just what I'm. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm into. I'm a visual person. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, I just so many of the things that you said, I think will speak to. A lot of situations mm -hmm. that uh, different people are going through, um, and so I'm motivated. I wanted to I wanted to take you just kind of shift really quick, and um, mm -hmm. as we begin to wrap up, I wanted you to specifically speak to women right now. Um, okay. Right before we came on, uh, uh, we came on the show. I was, uh, you know, just just praying and asking the Holy Spirit to just kind of give me where he wanted to go. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And he gave me two things. Well, he gave me three things. And I was like, this is it. I was like, no, we're probably going to talk about a bunch of different things. And this is literally it, which was, you know, what you're thankful for, your experiences with the Holy Spirit, which you touched mm-hmm. on. Um, and then the third one was to speak to uh, the girls and specifically who are discouraged. Um, mm-hmm. And as right before we came on, I was just thinking about that, what, why that and And I felt the Holy Spirit begin to reveal to me that the enemy is specifically targeting. um, There's a specific target right now out for women who carry something powerful, right? Whatever that is, right? And, um, um, and, And the enemy is specifically targeting them to shut that gift out to shut out that relationship Mm -hmm. sort of how he did with you as you were um as god was starting to speak to you Mm -hmm. and so um i just wanted you to just speak to those to those ladies listening right now that may be feeling discouraged that uh may be feeling like they're not worthy uh or maybe feeling crazy right because they're encountering god and people don't understand what Mm -hmm. can you say to them what i'll tell them is this one you know, the enemy is always threatened by the purpose in anyone's life, not just women, but even men's life. Yeah. And his biggest strategy is to instill fear. The most common fear that we see is fear of men. What are people going to think of mm. me? I'm just this girl. I'm just this woman. I'm just this child. I'm just this young adult or whatever you, you know, The reason, whenever you see fear started coming up, you have to repeat to yourself that perfect love cast out all fear. And that's the Bible. Don't let the enemy cause you to walk away from your destiny just because he was able to instill fear in you. All throughout the Bible, there are women, older, younger, that walk with God in such a majestic, powerful way that if if those women just stick to, I'm just a woman, some of the things that we see today, we wouldn't have said. In fact, Mary, the mother of Jesus, if she told God, like, you know what, I'm just a girl, what are society going to think of me? What yeah. am I going to think of myself? We wouldn't have had access to Christ the way we had access to him. What if the women didn't go to the tomb? that morning Mm. to bring fragrance, what would have happened? Will we still know that Christ was resurrected? Mm. The first person that brought, or the first group of people that brought the gospel to humanity, it wasn't a man. It wasn't a disciple. It wasn't a king. It was women. Women. And what were they doing? They were going to, they were taking fragrance of spice which in other words means they were taking like their their worship with them to worship the Lord. And the second they started worshiping the word, the Lord, the story of gospel shifted at that moment. Mm. We went from a dead Christ to a resurrected Christ. Why? Because they decided to take a step and bring their adoration, their worship to the Lord. That's one thing. When you look at Esther, who is most of the time, in many sermons, they usually use Esther. She was a woman. This woman, she was an orphan. And you know all the dramatic, dramatic story behind uh, with her, attached to her. But still, she was able to free a whole nation. Mm. 
Let me tell you, it's not the condition that is going that you are going through that will scare God away from using you. In fact, it's a reason for God to say this is the perfect candidate for me to use. Whether you are an orphan, you are a widow, you are what? What else? Whatever, you are poor, you are rich, you are whatever. As long as you are willing to partner with God. Because see here, it's not about your power. It's not about what you can do. It's about what God can do through you. So you knowing and understanding that it's not me doing, but it's God working through me, that will change the whole story. Then you won't struggle to accomplish things because he already passed the way before you. Now his word is a lamp unto your feet. So whatever he spoke to you, it's, it, it's now showing you the direction you should go. When he tells you turns, turns right, you turn right. Turn left, you turn left. Why? Because his word is not a path, a path, a, 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 a lamp to your path. That's pretty much what I can tell the women or whoever is listening. Thank you so much, Ines. Uh, this has been amazing. I uh, I just know you have so many more testimonies to share, and and I just feel like we we need to do a part two and a part three and maybe yeah. a part four. Um, it's just it's just is you know we don't. I mean, me personally, I don't. I've never heard anything like what you just spoken and and something that I was telling Jordan as he was sharing his experiences with um, with God and some of his supernatural experiences. Mm-hmm. I was telling him that you know. Um, in the world right now, what we're seeing in the media is darkness. What we're seeing be glorified is darkness. We're seeing what witch doctors are doing. We're seeing what these witches are doing on Instagram. Yeah. We're seeing these things. And and um, and and I truly believe that right now there's going to be um, a new movement of even in media where we're going to be able to have platforms to have people like you mm-hmm. speak their, you know, their testimonies, which mm-hmm. are the real you know, is the real power, you know, it's because it's coming from God. It's not coming from something that's superficial, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just super thankful that you made the time to to, to come on and just bless us with, with oh, all your testimony. Um, so just thank you so much. Is there any any last words that um, you want to offer up to, uh, to our audience? Yeah, as we as we are closing, since you mentioned the media, uh, I also work. With part of, part of Ezekiel, we also have this uh, program called the Seventh Sphere, where we actually interview Christians mm. that are impacting society. Yeah, just so we can show other Christians that it's not something reserved to non-Christian. Even yep. us, we can change whatever we don't like. We can work our way up the ladder and impact the values in those places. What I can tell people, I just want to pray with all those that are listening to us those that are saved and those that are unsaved. The first first group of people are those that are unsaved. Yeah. I want to tell them this, you know, in everything you can do, everything you can seek, you know deep inside of you that there is a void mm. which shape is the love of Christ. And tonight I want to give you this invitation to just give your life to Christ. It's not complicated. Just come the way you are. And I'm just going to make this small prayer, this little prayer with you. And I want you to repeat it from where you are. And then I'm going to pray for the second group of people. Come on. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Mm. 
I confess my sin. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I pray that you welcome me, you welcome me into your family. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Congratulations Come to on. you that have given your life to Christ. And the second prayer is the prayer to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, as much as you have Christ here on earth, you need the Holy Spirit. He's your teacher. He's your counselor. He's your best friend. You know, when even during those times where you can't pray, where you can't sleep, where you feel like crying, you think that no one is with you, the Holy Spirit is there just waiting for you to invite him into your your into your place of safety or into your place of brokenness. So I'm going to pray this prayer for you. And where you are, I just want you to lift your hands and just accept. Just open your heart and then just accept this. Holy Spirit, I welcome you today. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your love. And I'm going to say this prayer. Holy Spirit, whoever is listening to this sermon today or whenever the day they'll listen to, I pray in the name of Jesus that your presence will just fill them right now with the tangible manifestation of speaking in tongues. I pray from their toes all the way to their head, God. Let a fresh, fresh encounter of your presence fill them. Let your power, God, just encounter them right now. Now, 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 God. I thank you, God, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the manifestation of the power of God. I thank you, God, because their life will not be the same anymore. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs> amen, amen. Thank you so amen. much, Ines. You're welcome. Um, to everybody listening, if you are interested in learning more about what Ines is doing and about her ministry, all the links will be down below whether you're tuning in from apple music spotify or youtube or google just check the description below all the information would be there her personal information and her ministry's information if you would like to continue to tune into our show um all of our information will be there too we are everywhere if you're tuning in from spotify apple music we're also on youtube and if you're tuning in from youtube we're on apple and Spotify and all streaming platforms. So thank you so much for tuning in, for making the time to tune in. I pray that Holy Spirit continues to fill your life, continues to guide your life, continues to reveal um, just Jesus in a new way every day. So I just thank you guys for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye.